all things continually lead back to serpents, dragons, fairies, Nephilim, and fallen angels. In the distance looms a mystical mountain. As Mike Heiser used to say, if it's in the Bible and it's weird, it's probably important. At its peak, a great fire burns, concealing the Prometheus lens. This, this development of this knowledge that's being talked about within the mystery schools. An ancient artifact said to reveal the hidden truth within a deliberately darkened world. There is a hidden history that's been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. Join us as we travel and explore the vast unknown. It's a hero's journey with dragons to slay, damsels to save, and innumerable treasures to hoard. Torches high. The Smithsonian, they'd call wind of a giant skeleton. You would send their agents out to get it. But it takes courage to move forward, to move out of the shadows, out of the uh, unreality that we think of as reality. We are all on the hero's journey. Mankind has been in contact with and influenced by extraterrestrials. Leave the Sitchin mound of bull feathers out of it. You know, look at it from a different perspective. A different perspective. Different perspective. Different perspective. What's happening? What's up? Hold out your glass because we're about to fill it up. Welcome to the Prometheus Lens Podcast, the place where the conversations are always enlightening. I'm your host, Justin, independent researcher, podcaster, and man, do I got a good episode for you tonight. I got to sit down with Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast. Uh, Bo has got a great podcast. I really encourage you guys to check that out. He was kind enough to have me over at his house and talk about uh, my upcoming book, uh, The Epic of Esau. So I seen it only fitting to have him over to my house sit down and have a conversation so if you guys have ever heard of Lilith and heard you know she was the first wife of Adam and you know all these demonology stories and things like that this is the episode for you Bo has talked to several people and it's led him down this path of gathering puzzle pieces and uh, putting together a full picture of what Lilith is and the big hairy man ties into this one I think you're going to enjoy this, guys. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. Well, today we got with us Bo Kennedy from the Bump Podcast. Bo, thank you for sitting down and talking with me, man. Hey, brother, I appreciate you having me on. And I know it's like we've, we've done this a couple times now, and our scheduling seems to not line up just right. But you've been patient with me, and I just, I'm really grateful to, to come on your show. No, that's how it always works, man. You just got to be patient and persevere. There's always scheduling conflicts. That's how you know that you're on to something. You just got to be persistent. <laughs> that's it. Well, no, since I went on your show, man, and uh, talked about uh, the Epic of Esau, you had mentioned a, a few things about Lilith and that we need to sit down and talk. And then I listened to you talk on uh, AI. And I was just sitting back listening and I was like, man, I'd love to be in on that conversation. And you just, you guys bounced off each other and had so many great ideas. And I just wanted to sit down and kind of rehash that with you and just uh, see where it goes. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Uh, I, I love these, uh, I love fleshing out these topics, you know, the subject matter themselves, I'm not a big fan of, but, <laughs> but, uh, 
getting to expose the darkness, man. That that's what it's all about. And speaking of that episode, that was probably top three most downloaded episodes of my year. Um, with the Epic of Esau, that it had a huge response, man. People loved it, and for it to be this late in the year that we released that, what was it like? October, November. Um, yeah. And it still got, I'm talking thousands of downloads, dude. Like, people loved it. Tons of messages, tons of feedback about it. I probably should have let you know how, you know, how well received that was. But man, it was, uh, it was no, a blessing I mean, that, to have like, you on. That was just a revelation. Yeah. And I appreciate you having me on and had a few people reach out to me. It was like, man, you need to write a book. So I actually sit down. I've been writing one out and fleshing it out. So that was a, uh, it set me off on another journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank the Lord. But yeah, man, um, when I was on there with AI, um, I was wanting to talk about Lilith, you know, um, it's a really dark topic. She's a really dark entity. Um, but I wanted to talk about that, but Justin from AI, he brought me on because he wanted me to talk about Bigfoot um, primarily. Because when we were, we did that uh, podcasters conference, like we were on this panel together over the summer or late, uh, late summer, early fall. We were talking about just different theories and ideas. And I told him, and it's a bold statement, but I, that's just where I'm at right now, man. I told him, I think I figured out what Bigfoot is. <laughs> and I, you know, people could argue it because you know nobody really knows. And the the reasons that I have for my theory are one hundred percent anecdotal, right? It's just other people's experiences that come to me. I put it out on the show and I'm like, okay, I'm putting that piece over here for later. And then I'll have somebody else hit me with something. I'm like, okay, I'll put this piece over there with that one. And it, it starts forming this picture. And that's where I'm at right mm -hmm. now. Um, so I want to get that's into That's how that any right good here. researcher has to do, you know. Uh, what else are you supposed to do with Take this the pieces and put them together. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I've had a lot of pushback from people because they say that my show is too churchy um, or that I talk about God too much or whatever. But here's the thing, man. One, I'm a Christian. And I said that episode one, I, I try to let people know because I know there's not a whole lot of Christians that get into monsters and paranormal like my show is about. But when I'm taking in well over 200 episodes of people's personal experiences and encounters and all throughout from the beginning all throughout there's this common theme there's this thread that runs through that it links everything together uh wouldn't i be a jerk if i didn't say hey everybody i i see this really glaringly obvious theme here i think we should pay attention to it you know, I could I could keep my mouth shut and let people that listen to the show and are going through spiritual warfare just sit there and get beat up, or I can say, hey, 
this is what's going on. How about we how about we try this? How about we talk about this and and see if it can help, you know, free some people up a little bit. So my point is I love how LA said too, you know, our, we got the Bible. That's the uh, guidebook to the supernatural. That's it. That's it. There's nothing more supernatural than the Bible. And so, you know, I just kind of sidestep the haters on that kind of stuff, man. It's, you know, they can go on with that somewhere else because I've, I've, I've given the whole show over to God. Um, it's not about me. I want to stand behind it and, just let him bring me whoever he wants on the show to get that word out. And we'll just keep piecing stuff together. And where I've landed so far is I have a, a pretty good working theory on Bigfoot. And somehow <laughs> while talking to the guys on AI, it, it tied right into Lilith too. So it all makes sense. And if something makes sense, it's usually right. Um, so I, I would love to talk to you about it, man, just to see where you're at. Um, do you want to start with Lilith or do you want to start with Bigfoot? Well, I guess with the, the background and stuff, because, uh, I hadn't, I hadn't realized that you've had some supernatural experience in spiritual warfare concerning Lilith. Would you, would you care to give just a, you know, what you're comfortable with sharing just some backstory with that and how you come in to that path? Absolutely, man. Uh, people that listen to my show, they, they pretty well know, but, um, I've had some encounters with this entity, uh, or, minions of hers however you want to look at it i'm not sure but they're under the uh they're under that umbrella um that it actually affected my home my personal life and what what had happened was <laughs> it's like every good story started uh my daughter lived with me from the time she was 13 we got custody back from her uh, from her mother and my wife and I um, had full custody of her from 13 up to adulthood. And, you know, she was dealing with some stuff, you know, it's not, it's not easy being a teenage girl, but it's not easy also dealing with the stuff she dealt with. So she'd come home and uh, she had, she had a few things that she's working out. We're taking her to therapies and all this kind of stuff. And um, just trying to help out. But, she was, I don't know, interested, I guess, in the occult or something turned her on to Lilith in particular. Um, I have found where she was trying to summon Lilith, her and a friend. And the things that went on in her life after the fact, because here's the thing, man. If people try to, to, to try to deal with these devils, they're not going to come to you. They're not going to show up in a cloud of smoke in your bedroom and be like, hey, you knocked three times, so here I am. It's going to affect your life. It's going to affect your your mindset, your your personality. Your, if you welcome these spirits inside of your own body, 
you're opening yourself up to oppression, occupation, infestation, possession, all, all, all the, all the bad. Okay. You're letting, you're being a vessel for the devil or in this case, Lilith. And so my daughter's going through this stuff. She's dabbling with this thing. She gets really into all the symbolism, man. And I did not catch any of it. Um, I wasn't there yet with, with the show. I wasn't there. Um, I was in denial. I, I'm a dad. Um, you don't want to see anything going wrong. But she was getting into that at the same time I'm talking to these AI guys and the guys from Sword and Staff podcast. And I'm having people come on the show and we're talking about these female entities that are harassing them. And things kind of just come to a head, man, where uh, <laughs> me and the guys that are local here with that other podcast, uh, we get together and we decide to do a project. We go up to the top of this mountain here in West Virginia and we find this snake mound. Um, so we reclaim that space you know, and give dominion back to Christ. Uh, it is, it is big showing uh, of Christian force. You know, we go up there, we're, we're reading Psalms, we're praying, uh, we bless the grounds and just really stick a finger in the eye of whatever was being worshiped up there at some point, come back home and it hits the fan, dude. I, it hits the fan so hard. Um, uh, things went south. Um, I, I started having you know, one for me. I started having nightmares. Uh, I'd wake up with spiders crawling on my neck and stuff. Uh, nothing like that's ever happened to me in my life. Nothing like that happened again. It was just like a bam, bam, like a response, you know. And of course, it happens in threes. But, um, but with my daughter, that uh, they just took like a huge spiral. Like getting in my face, yelling and cussing. Um, ultimately, she wound up moving out of the house about a week before she turned 18. And I had to let her go because I had found she had written out a plan that she wanted to run away. Um, now, mind you, nothing's changing here at home. Uh, the only thing that's changing here is uh, I'm going to church every time the doors are open. But I've been doing that for a couple of years, you know. Um the, the closer I'll start getting to God, the further I'm getting from my child. And I love her. You know, I, I love a lot of people. But if I'm choosing between anybody and God, I'm going with God. So Amen. whatever this ultimatum was, it, I was not battling with my child. There was something pulling her away. Um. And it, it wound up hitting the fan. She left, um, moved back in with her mother. I know I'm getting super personal and I'm not trying to get things you know, sad or whatever, but she moved back. And that, that alone was weird because that's where all this trauma that supposedly started. That's what she wanted. So she's going back voluntarily into this kind of stuff. But now she's an adult. You know, she's 18. But once she leaves, Justin, um, 
this was her room right here that this that I've turned into a studio over the last year. Um, we start finding stuff in the in the room. Uh, I found curses written out. Um, I found tons of sigils that I've had to erase or paint over or throw away. Um, different languages. Now, some of it, I guess you could say, oh, that's just a kid making up stuff. But there's like, and I, I didn't tell the guys this, but she had written full languages, like a full alphabet with these symbols and signs and stuff. And she would write stuff in those symbols and signs. And then I would find stuff that was written in like Russian that was talking about the devil. And she would hide these things under, under places. Like she would place some curses on anybody who touched her stuff. It would be a curse written out for them. Um, and just really, really dark things, man. And all the while, she was all about this Lilith and this, um, what has in pop culture become this icon for femininity. Um, it, it couldn't be further from the truth, man. Everything that Lilith is in today's pop cultural world is a lie. Which, you know, why would that surprise anybody? Because, you know, the devil's the father of lies. Uh, I don't understand why anybody would be surprised that what they're seeing and reading about these demonic spirits, you know, why would, why would anybody be shocked that it's a lie? So I started digging and in. And it's honestly the spirit that's over the culture today. You know what? It is, you know, man. independent women, you know, don't need a man, be defiant, be, you know, strong and independent and the, the lust and the, the, the sexual promiscuity, the, the chaos, because that's what she was, you know, she was like a basically a goddess, uh, you know, that's associated with Anana and Astarte and that, that's sexual promiscuity and war and, you know, Anana especially because she was the uh, basically the first transgender she could appear as a woman in the streets, but then a man in the alehouse. So yeah, you just see the the Lilith imagery everywhere in culture. Yeah, absolutely. She's everywhere, and um, you know, she's got this claim to fame. Let me let me write down a note here so I don't forget. I want to come back to it. It's hitting me because um, I watched a movie recently. And I was like, oh, I know what that character is. That's Lilith. And nobody said that. And nobody said it since. And I've listened to people critique this movie because it's insanely popular. But I, I see where they, they slid her in. But anyway, where, where Lilith comes into our study, for the most part, is people claim or they say that according to um, history that Lilith was supposedly the first wife of Adam, but she refused to be submissive, so she struck out on her own, and blah, blah, blah. I'll get to all the blah, blah, blah here in a second, but I'm going to tell you now, that's a lie, and I've, I've put some pieces together here. Uh, I've done a lot of research, 
I see what I, I see where the 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 twist came. Okay, Lilith was not the first son of Adam or first wife of Adam. Lilith was the the wife of a son of God, but it was not of Adam. Okay, um, I'll I'll explain here. She uh, she was clearly the wife of one of the first fallen of one of the watchers. It it shakes out when you start putting things together from like you, you get things from the Talmud, you get things from the alphabet of Ben Sirah, you get things um, from this older culture that was running parallel with the Old Testament. But like, okay, I'll, I'll go to my notes here, man. Um, Lilith, I have, she's the wife of the fallen specifically because the, the, there's, these guys are named, right? Go to, I think it's the book of Enoch, right? Some of these characters here that, that come down and, and start this dirty work, they're named. You have, uh, Shimiyaza, you have Samael, um, Azazel, maybe. But I, the one I'm looking at specifically is Sam Ale. Um, he's referred to as Satan later on. But Sam Ale is a chief watcher, right? And these men were, these beings were referred to as the sons of God in Genesis 6 1. Uh, 1 through 4 is, you know, the sons of God took these women. Well, Lilith had a couple of sisters. Um, these women that, that became wives or taken to these men bore children, the Nephilim. These, um, the Lilith you'll see is depicted and referred to as the mother of demons. What are demons? the disembodied spirits of these Nephilim creatures, right? They can't go up, can't go down. They're stuck here on Earth. They're demonic. So just that alone, it kind of makes sense that this watcher took Lilith, had these kids. Kids are bad. Kids get wiped out. Souls are trapped. They're demons. So she's the mother of these demons. Hey guys, what's up? Tom Dunn here from Through the Black. We have launched our new ministry outreach, No More Dead Babies. And the website is nomoredeadbabies.com. We want you to go to that website and get a free t-shirt, okay? Um, and uh, we want you to join the movement, okay? We need soldiers to step up and say that they're gonna be a voice for the voiceless, okay? Guys, we've never done anything like this before. This is a big deal, and I don't know who all is ready for it out there, but it's time to step up, okay? And we're asking you to go to the website and order the shirt. The shirt is free, but you gotta pay for shipping, okay? Um, and uh, we're gonna ship it out to you as soon as we get it. You, you tell us what size you need, and then we're gonna send you the t-shirt, okay? Join us. Uh, the goal is to get thousands of these shirts I keep pushing this I think this boldness can be contagious 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 my name's Nick 
I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. Enjoy. And when I start looking at it, um, if you look at the Septuagint, I think it was, I, I, I need to look dead at my notes, but I'm trying not to. If you go to the Septuagint, they equate Lilith with sirens. What's a siren? Right? It's this bird body, woman's head, you know, this harpy looking creature, right? It's half woman, half bird. Have you well, heard that so uh, story about my encounter with it? <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear this. No, nah, this is for real. Same situation as you, you know, I'm trying to get closer to God and, and studying my word. And this was, you know, right before I started doing the podcast and I didn't even know anything about Lilith, didn't even know her name. You know what I mean? And I was having some uh, back pain. And so I was going to the doctor, try to get, you know, some scans, x-rays, whatever, see what was wrong with me. Cause it finally got to the point. It was just unbearable. And uh, they tried putting me on antidepressants. And I was like, I'm not depressed. I'm here for lower back pain. And he's like, well, no, it's got properties that, that helps, you know, with pain. You know, he said, you know, just try this. I, you know, I promise you'll get some relief from this. So, I mean, I was desperate. So I did. I tried it. And I started having these just weird nightmares. So then I went back, you know, he changed the prescription, the dosage a couple times. And it was like the third time that he had changed it. I'll never forget. It. I was asleep and had my first like sleep paralysis episode and I was asleep and I was having a dream. I was driving my truck down the road, had the wife and kids in the truck. And then I pull up and there's this big vulture in the middle of the road and it's like eating on a dead carcass. And when I pull up, my headlights hit it, and I stop, and I honk the horn. Well, when I honk the horn, instead of flying away, this bird, like, stands up. And it's, you know, like, five foot five, five foot six. And it turns around, and it's a black feathered bird. But when it turns around, it's a naked woman in the front. And got the bird feet and the bird beak and like blonde hair. So it flies up into the air and then it just lands right next to my car door. 
it opens up my car door and I'm frozen. I can't move. And she just basically just starts fondling me, rubbing me and touching me all over and getting up close and smelling of my neck and taking her tongue and touching me and, and I couldn't move. And I look over and my family's just like frozen in time. They're petrified. And I'll never forget. She whispered in my ear, I've missed you. And chills just ran up my spine and somehow I got to where I could move again. And I just, the only thing I knew to do or think to do was to grab the truck door and slam her body into the door. And when I did, it just let out this piercing screech. And then it flies up into the air and then I wake up. And needless to say, I went straight to the bathroom and flushed every bit of those antidepressants and, and never took them again. But that, that was my first and only experience with Lilith. But once I started Google searching what this was, because I thought there was some kind of significance to it, then it was boom, there's Lilith. Yeah, man. That's it. That's it. And so she's this um, seductress, but somehow still they got this siren body right a siren is half bird half woman um but still the seducer of men and oh man she uh if you look at i think it's the book of jasher it tells you what happened to the wives of the watchers here's the kicker man this is what tied it off for me anyway they become sirens. And it says it flat out. They, they became sirens. So that's why the Septuagint equated Lilith with a siren. Um, that's why you have the owl, the owl imagery in Isaiah. Um, owls are, of course, creatures of the night. Um, she's. Let, let me just, I'll tell you what. I'm going to read some notes. I feel like I'm jumping and I don't want to miss too much. Okay. I got just a little bit to read here. I know your, your listeners like research. So I'm going to give them something to chew on if they want to. Okay. That's what I was about to say. Hey man, they're used to seeing the top of my head while I'm reading notes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to see, you know, they might get blinded, but I'll show them the same thing. All right. So Lilith, she's the wife of the fallen, specifically Sam chief watcher son of god but not the wife of adam that's a deception born around the 8th to 10th century a.d as told in the alphabet of ben sirah okay it's another old ancient tablet um this entity was referenced in babylonian aramaic and jewish incantations back in the talmud we're looking this was around 500 bc um, she was referred to as a strangler of babies and that fits into your bloodline wars um, she was warded off in prayers and Jewish incantations uh, with bowls they would write inscriptions inside these bowls that would ward her off and they would use pieces of Psalm 91 as a matter of fact uh, because when Psalm 91 says I will not be afraid of the terror by night 
or you shall not be afraid of the terror. But I'm sorry, when I when I say Psalm 91 every night, I make it personal, but everything in first person. <laughs> but it says you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Terror by night is a demon. Terror by night is Lilith. Uh, the arrow that flies by day, an arrow, that's a demon. Uh, the pestilence that stalks at darkness, that's a demon. Uh, the destruction that lays waste at noon, that's a demon. Okay, so Psalm 91 is warding off these demons and giving you protection, and then it wraps up with the Word of God. Right? I love Psalm 91. It's very, very powerful. Um, if you deal with spiritual warfare and take it in a literal sense the way I do, it's part of your, you know, it's part of your arsenal, man. Um, so, yeah, so these incantations are written in these bowls um, as part of a divorce formula. And by divorce, I mean like it, it cuts her out and away from you. It breaks that binding contract because, you know, the spiritual realm is very legalistic. So whatever you do, guys, if you're sitting there watching uh, things you shouldn't be watching, and you're, you know what I mean, uh, you're inviting these seducing spirits, okay, um, and they're not necessarily going to come at you. They're coming after you. And I think that's like exactly that. what happened with me. Could be, and, and they, they know, come after people. That know my story was. I was always into drugs and promiscuity and things like that. And she, that's what she told me in that dream that she had missed me. So to me, that was like, I was once in, you know, cahoots with her. Yeah. yeah we, we all have a, a, a seduction story. You know, I spent a lot of time as a single man hitting bars, um, just living for the world. You know, it, I was in the Air Force, uh, a thousand miles away from home. Young, you do stupid things, but you're inviting these things in, and they, their timeline don't work the way our timeline works. So they can sit there and they can wait, and then when there's a chink in your armor, man, they slide right in there after it, you know. And it's going to be your wife, it's going to be your kids, um, the things that get to a man, you know. You, you and I could sit here and I'd rather have somebody take a rusty saw to my leg than to berate my wife. You know what I mean? Uh, there's things that you can put up with and there's things that you can't. And these the spiritual world knows these things that you can't put up with. And that's how they attack you. So these divorce formulas that would separate these, these evil spirits from you. Um... And they were found across Sumerian, Babylonian, Akkadian, um, all, all the cultures, okay, um, of southern Iraq, Mesopotamia. It was the same entity. So that, that's a very important thing. She, she is all the way across the board, uh, and including our own culture of, of the Old Testament um, of our Bible. In Babylonian demonology, she's referred to as Lilitu, that's the female, and Lilu, that's the male equivalent. Okay, so if you have Lilu, Lilitu, um, Lilit, that's that's all her. All right. Um, and this mentions that Lilu and that uh, Sumerian's king's list with uh, Gilgamesh. That was his father. He was associated with the. Uh, uh, like a 
vampire vampire demon. I think's what it said. Yeah, that's another thing. That was another thing that was uh, that should have been a red flag to me with my kid. She got super into vampirism. Um, by the time she left, she didn't even want me to call her by her name. There was a new name that she wanted to take. And I'm not going to breathe it. But watch your kids, people. Get into their search history. Get into their phones. Who cares if it makes them mad? It, it does not matter. And they're sneakier than you think, man. Because mine was grounded the last few months. No phone. There was no phone. But guess what I found is I'm helping her pack. A full tablet. A full tablet. Hidden. Internet access. Who knows? Because the devil will give them tools. You know, we have our, our toolkit. We got our guidebook. Everything else is the devil's guidebook. Okay? Everything else. Um, all right. In other texts of the period, Hellenist, uh, Hellenistic and uh, the Testament of Solomon, it's the same entity, and she's called Obizoth, O-B-I-Z-O-T-H, or Abizu. And you can spell that A-B-Y-Z-O-U or A-B-I-Z-U. Now, interesting fun fact here. Abizu means by the sea. That's what I was about to say. It sounds an awful lot like Abyss. Or Abzu. Uh, it means by the sea. That's where sirens dwell, right? To lure sailors into their death. Um, you've heard some, some mermaid talk a lot lately. Uh, I don't know if you if you caught that too. But on a lot of these podcasts, there was just like a wave come through this last month wave <laughs> came through the last month. Yeah, pun intended. Right. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it came in of mermaids. Merfolk. Well, sirens are, are related right to the same thing. You know, the, the call of the sea that lures young men. They're seduced by the sound and they jump right in. Gone. Um, even the symbolism too, you know, for the chaos. Yeah, because the, the water was chaos, right? The sea. Um, she's referred to as the slayer of children and seducer of men. Also, she's depicted as having a woman's head. But we went through this woman's head, face, and torso, but wings and talons for feet. She was half woman, half bird, which is a siren. Um, in fact, the Septuagint, like I said, equates Lilith with siren terminology, which helped make this connection. Um, Genesis 6 tells us about the sons of God taking wives and spawning Nephilim. One Enoch explains that Nephilim's, what Nephilim spirits are. Um, I know your, your listeners already know, uh, but demons uh, also in First Enoch, 19 and 2 tells us that the wives of watchers that's where it's at. I said it was in Jasher it's, it's in 1st Enoch 19.2 tells us that the wives quote unquote wives of watchers became sirens um, 
if you look up what sirens are, there's sea and water, which is temptresses. Um, Lilith is referred to as the mother of demons. And if you had, I think that's going into the Kabbalah, uh, Zohar, that they, they refer to her as the mother of demons and the wife of Samael. Samael is listed as one of his chief watchers. She's his wife. They have Nephilim babies. Nephilim babies get killed. They're demons. She's the mother of demons. Wives of the fallen watchers become sirens. She's referred to as a siren. So yes, um, I got a little bit more left to go, but this is showing you that yes, she was the wife of a son of God. But she was not the wife of the first son of God. She was not the, the wife of Adam. That's a lie straight from the devil. Um, that's to create this false sense of this feminine movement, a feminist movement. And, you know, I know men aren't supposed to be allowed to say anything, but let me, and you can edit this out if you want to, Justin. But to me, femininity is being proud of being a woman. You know, there, there are, women are incredible. God gave Mary the most important role in the Bible, right? To carry the Son of God, to carry Jesus Christ, to care for him, nurture him, teach him how to walk and talk, Jesus could have just showed up like, you know, Melchizedek. Just He's just there, but no. It was trusted to a woman. So use her as your model. You know, that I just don't get that. But that's the seduction of the devil. You know, Lilith is, and I, I was talking to a guy, and he told me, he's like, uh, it's a side tangent, but. He's the guy that sent me the rosary I told you about offline. Um, he said, the reason why he sent that to me, because he sent that unprompted. He said he felt like God wanted him to send that to me. And he didn't know why. And then he listened to this episode that I did with AI, and I was talking to him about a little bit of stuff. And he's like, oh my gosh, I know why now. He said, Lilith is the opposite of Mary. And he's he was just mind blown about he felt like that rosary was needed to be sent to me to help in spiritual warfare against Lilith because she is like the arch nemesis of Mary. You know, you got Mary, mother of God, versus Lilith, mother of demons. Yeah, the perversion. Yeah. So. And as you was talking about those babies, I just had another like connection it popped off in my head i had never made before but it's how she's the strangler of babies and you see throughout history you know the the genocide movements you know how these kings would hear about a, a coming messiah or a conquering king and then they would just kill all the babies it's almost like it was a lilith spirit behind them to kill the babies and then we always, uh, you know, equate Anana, you know, Ishtar and, and these entities, 
but one that popped out in my mind was uh, Hera, the queen of Zeus. Because if you look, every time he would have an affair with a human woman, she would become extremely jealous and hate the baby and try to plot and kill the babies. And even the story with Hercules, she sends two serpents to strangle them or strangle him in his crib. Hera was one I missed, but all the rest of these, uh, well, how do you pronounce it? Hecate, um, Ishtar, Ilnat, Inanna, all of these, they're Lilith, man. It's the same. And I missed Hera. I talked about it. That's weird. I talked about Hera like yesterday. <laughs> at, at yeah, that's wild it's just it's fresh in my mind and it just kind of popped in there i just read some uh, greek mythology stuff so it was kind of fresh on my mind yes um so yeah she the, the wife of samuel who was a chief watcher one of the first uh you know one of the, the head guys uh Lilith was also she was who spawned the offspring of the chief fallen sons of god not the first wife of Adam. And in the town, I think it's the Talmud that refers to Samuel as Satan. Today, Lilith is worshipped and deified in Luciferian Wicca um, and other sects as a goddess. She's associated with the night. Her symbols are the moon. Uh, uh, specifically, like you got the full moon. You know, we've all seen it. It's this full moon, and then there's crescent moons facing it on each side. There might be a couple, like a almost like the phases of the moon. That's a symbol for Lilith. Um, she's associated with water, like you said, chaos, owls, hyenas, and other creatures of the night. Um, owls are really big, and in Appalachia here, it's it's crazy. I can go outside, and I know owls are common. I get that. But I can go out behind the church, talk to buddies for an hour, nothing go on. Start talking about this particular subject. We had an owl land on the other side of the parking lot and watch us. Another time, the hill behind the church the whole thing erupted into hoots and hollers and not of coyotes. It sounded like a flock, I guess you call it, of owls and monkeys. It was just the strangest, weirdest noise. But it, it's when she's brought up. Um, I speculate that this same entity is this is this is where I make a leap? Okay, uh, I think this this entity is what we refer to as Mothman. Now, this um, bird lady that makes some sense because even the people of Virginia, you know, they inadvertently deify this thing, make statues for it, and hold festivals for it. Yeah, yeah. Here, here in Point Pleasant, um, there's a museum. There's a Mothman statue. It's huge. People bring it tribute, man. People bring canned food and sit it at its feet. People lay their kids in its arms. Uh, 
we'll have 10, 12,000 people show up for a weekend to celebrate the Mothman. It's the same image. It's the Lilu. It's this half bird, half male creature. And I don't know, but if you would look at it like this, would you care if somebody is bringing you everything you want? They're, they're worshiping you, basically. If they call you by your real name or they refer to you with a nickname, it don't matter. They're still worshiping you. They're still giving you. Oh, all. no, that's the same thing with that the sacred name people. You know what I mean? They make the name of God like it's a magical spell or incantation. If you're not saying the name of God just right, you're not saved or he won't respond to you. You know, I, I tell people all the time, like the story of my grandma, as she was getting older, she called me Phil all the time, which was my uncle, which was her son. I knew my name wouldn't feel. And she would catch herself and be like, oh, you're not feel, you know, or sometimes she wouldn't catch herself. But I mean, did I, was I petty and didn't respond to her because she didn't call me by the right name? No. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, this Lilith worship is real prominent here in Southern Appalachia. Um, I guess we're Central Appalachia, but in Southern West Virginia. And this manifestation of this cryptid fits the physical description. I think it's the manifestation, man, of of Lilith. I think it she shows her hand. And I've heard stories, I've had people talk to me about and it was so similar to this nightmare you had. Um of how it's just this gigantic black bird in the middle of the road. That's what Mothman was actually referred to as was just the bird or Birdman. But they needed something catchier. And Batman had just hit big. So they called it the Mothman. Uh, but they would see it in the middle of the road. And it would shoot straight up in the air. Gone. It might hold its wings out. But didn't flap them. Didn't need to. Um, plus if you would tie in. There was a disaster that happened. That Mothman is associated with here in West Virginia. Uh, in Point Pleasant, the Silver Bridge collapsed. It was in 1967, um, right at Christmas. There were 40-some people that died um, when the bridge collapsed. Everything sunk into the water, and people drowned. And there's that watery grave, you know. Um, just another connection, man. It all, it all fits the M.O., of Lilith. Um, it's just, and it's ingrained in our culture. Uh, there's no, there's no escaping it. You know, I've got a Mothman figure right, right up here above my head on, just on the shelf because that's just part of what, what's around here. And we look like, you know, we look at it like it's harmless, but it's, it's not. Um, I don't think, like I said, I don't care. She, I don't think she cares what you call her as long as she's worshiped. And um, you brought up Lilu, uh, the, the, the brother, as the father of Gilgamesh, right? And I think it's what got us started. Yeah. That's what got Lilith brought up. I was like, holy crap, you said Lilu. But that's, that's what I've 
found in a nutshell. I, I got a, I got a couple more pages of notes here. I don't know if it shows up or not, but um, I'll, that should be enough of an explanation as far as what Lilith actually is. She. Now, now how does the hairy wild man tie into all this? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. This is this is fun, man. Uh, if if this subject can be fun. All right. I had a lady in Pennsylvania, and like I said, this is all anecdotal. All right, so you can throw this out if you want to, but this is what's come over the last three years or so. I had a lady in Pennsylvania. Her name's Denise. She lived out in the boonies, just like we do here. And uh, she formed this relationship with a Bigfoot. All right. Um, she would leave him gifts. He would return gifts. She would go out deeper into the woods. He allowed her to see him a couple of times. And then he would communicate with her uh, telepathically. Um, they call it mind speak in the Bigfoot community. I think it's the, one of the dumbest terms <laughs> you could have come up with, but you know, I guess telepathy is just not basic enough or something. So he would speak to her. So this is the woman that, that has spoke to you on the show. Yeah. I've had her on three times because things kept progressing. Dude. Um, she come on, she talked to me about Harry. Okay. So she gave him a name. And he would appear to her. They formed this bond. Um, later, Harry started talking to her about her faith. Okay? He would appear to her as a light sometimes. And she sent me pictures of this odd light out in her yard. Um, I, she was having encounters. She was having experiences. Now, Denise told me she had nothing to do with a deep religious text. The Septuagint, Talmud, uh, the Apocrypha, none, none, none of it. She believed in Jesus. She believed in God. And that's about where she was just at. You know, just an everyday person. So this thing started talking to her about her faith and saying, well, you know, you're not reading quite the same, quite the right books. Um, you need to check this out. And started giving her information. So she asked him what he was. And he told her, and she wasn't even sure how to pronounce it or how to spell it. But he told her that he was an Eliud. And he was seeking redemption. Now, by the time we had our third conversation, um, I had red flags and bells and whistles going off everywhere. But I didn't. I had never heard of an Eliud before. Most people haven't heard of an Eliud. She had no clue what it was. So we Google it. We look it up. I get a hold of uh, Gary Wayne. I had him on my show about the same time that this was going on. And I asked him, what is an Eliud? And he said that he had seen that word once or twice in his studies. And what an Eliud was, is the offspring of the Nephilim. So we know that 
in the days of Noah that the Nephilim were there, right? Now, this goes on for who knows how long before the flood hits. Basically, the Watchers' grandkids. These are the Watchers' grandkids. They had the, the Nephilim. The Nephilim have the Eliud. And from there on, they're just referred to as the Eliud. And that's what this creature told her he was. This information came to her telepathically. She had zero knowledge of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's incredibly weird. All right. Lay that over to yeah, the how side. How would she know that? Right. There was no way for her to know that. But I lay that over to the side. Maybe that's a one-off. Maybe that's just a demon messing with her, right? That's why I try to tell her. Maybe that's just a demon. Be careful what you listen to. And she moved since then. And uh, I haven't talked to her in about six months or so. So I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on now. But, but there was that. Then, more recently, I had a lady on my show who, um, her name was Megan. She used to be into witchcraft. And she left witchcraft, found God. All right. Uh, she left. She went from witchcraft to Jesus. And I found her on TikTok, man. She had like, I don't know, a, a very, very small following. And I was just listening to her. She was putting like, like 60 second or maybe three minute clips out of her old life and how she converted. And I was like, man, I want to, I got to hear the whole story. So I asked her to come on the show. By the time we've recorded, she had like started blowing up. Like it had nothing to do with me. She was already gone, took off before we could record because everybody was into this story. So for the first time, she sat down and told the whole thing on the show. Um, she since, you know, before I could even get it released, she went ahead and gave the whole story on TikTok. But it was incredible because she gave me this extra detail that to her was just gee whiz information, but to me it meant so much, man. Um, we did not discuss Bigfoot. Her story has nothing to do with Bigfoot. Her story was about her conversion from witchcraft to becoming a follower of Christ. However, at the towards the end of our conversation, she's talking about how she had this, what she thought was a spirit God all her life. When she was a little kid, it would come visit her and she would see him and he would give her information and give her knowledge. And she said, he looked like, I don't know, like he was a half gorilla, half man. I hit the brakes. He looked like what? And she's like, yeah, it's like a big, like a monkey man kind of thing. Okay. And for whatever reason, that LAU story from Denise just hit me in the side of my head. Like, this is the same thing, man. This Another puzzle thing. piece. Yeah, there's that piece. And so she's, she's talking about this, and I'm like, all right. So here it is. These LAU look like a Sasquatch for whatever reason. At least some of them do. 
they're these big spiritual beings. They can manifest. They can, you know, angels, quote unquote angels throughout the Bible, you know, whatever role they had. You know, I guess angel is a, is more of a job title than it is uh, a, a, a species, but they can appear in visions. They can appear in dreams. They can appear physically, right? Their ways are different than ours. Um, the, the angels sat down and ate with Abraham, right? Two of them sat down with God and Abraham, and they ate together. Uh, angels grab a hold of Lot and pull him inside, um, or they stop him from going outside. In Sodom, they're trying to rape angels, right? These men were trying to get a hold of these other men, these male angels. So they have a physical body. They have a physical ability. So that would explain what people are seeing these LEU physically. That would explain the footprints. Um, but that would also explain how they can come to you in visions. They can come to you um, in thoughts. It also explains like the weird, they can't come inside your house kind of thing. Because there's something this big and mean and scary. They can open your door. But why can't they cross your threshold without permission? Right? And then why are all these one-off stories where people are terrified and they call out on the name of Jesus and this Bigfoot disappears? Yeah. Rules of engagement for spiritual warfare. Even Christ can't come into your heart unless you invite him. Exactly. The vampire stories, you know. That's it. That's it. And, you know, that would have been enough. because and That was enough. I was like, okay, hang my hat on this one. Bam. Bigfoot's Eliud. Um, and so that's where we got the Bigfoot calls Ma uh, Lilith Mammal. <laughs> talking to the AI guys because... You know, she's the mother of demons, and they're the grandchildren of the Watchers, the Eliudar. So Lilith is their mammal. Uh, and that ties into the whole woman in white thing and the crones, which are these women, these water spirit women with big honking feet that are shaped like bird's feet. Um, that could explain the three-toed tracks that people see. Uh, it, it all ties in together because it's all connected, man. It's all connected. Um, but yeah, after I talked to the AI guys, I'm reading this book from Ralph Sarchi, um, Deliver Us From Evil. I had him on. And before I had him on, I, you know, like I try to do, I tried to read his book, you know, before I, before I get him on there. I wish I would have done that with Karen, but I'm, I'm still yet trying to get up, you know, trying to make myself slow down long enough to read. Um, but in Ralph's book, his first story that he talked about was this house, this property had this spirit in it. And they saw this demon. Guess what they described that demon as looking like? And this is in the Bronx, in the South Bronx, New York. Inside their house, they, they have this, this possession going on. They see a a demon spirit manifests and lo and behold somebody says it looks like one of those Bigfoot like a hairy ape man I didn't even need that little piece but I read it 
So to me, yeah, Bigfoot don't need to be idolized. Those are the Eliud. That's the grandchildren of the fallen. I never looked into Bigfoot, really. You know, I mean, I'd heard the stories and stuff. So this is like the past few months, first time I've actually kind of really looked into it. But it, it's crazy, especially like the historical side. And you go through other lands and, and histories of and points of time. You have all these, what they call the, quote unquote, the, the wild men and the wild women and the, these hairy men and women that are huge that live out in the woods and all these encounters and stuff that people has had. And then I started making that, that Esau connection and got to digging and I found some other stuff since I talked to you last time. Um, I can't remember what book it was, but it's another book in the you know Jewish tradition. And I found that, Cain was a hairy man and that uh, the rabbinic tradition talks about Lamech and you remember in Genesis where Lamech says you know uh, I'm cursed 70 times 7 for, for killing another man well where else do we see that we see that in the cursing of Cain what does God say, you know, you know, cursed uh, to be the man that, that kills you. So the way the story goes, in Lamech's old age, he still goes out and hunts, but his son leads him through the woods and, and guides his bow and helps him hunt. And while they're out in the woods, they bump into Cain. And the young boy mistakes Cain for a beast of the field and points his father's bow toward this hairy wild man and they kill him. And when they walk up, they discover who it is. And Lamech kills his son for the mistake. And then when he comes back home, that's why he's telling his wives, you know, cursed, cursed, I'll be above all man. My curse, my curse will be 70 times seven because he was referring to Cain. And it was basically, uh, I read some articles and they were saying that maybe the mark that was given to Cain was the, the same mark or cursing that like Nebuchadnezzar got where he was turned into a, a hairy man, beast of the field. Wow. That makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And it says that God hated Esau, right? Yeah, it said that Esau hated him, that he was a despiteful or a deceitful man. Yeah, he was born hairy. Yeah. Serpent seed. Hey, makes sense to me. I don't. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting, man. Uh, it, it's interesting, too, that I, I don't know why 
I didn't even put it together, man. I'm sitting here talking about Bigfoot like it's no, like it's nothing weird. I got like 60 episodes on Bigfoot <laughs> on my show. It's not exactly the same kind of, you know, same kind of topic that you guys cover here. But uh, yeah, it's definitely. It's all got about a place. perspectives, man. Yeah, it definitely has a place. Uh, they say it, that Bigfoot is a gateway drug, you know. Because um, it, it pulls you down these rabbit holes. And, you know, I listened to another show, Sam Tripoli on Tinfoil Hat. It, it is it, it's not, it, it's, it's rated for adults, I'll say that. But he says, you know, all conspiracy leads to spirituality. You know, and so you look at these conspiracies that went on and it's not theory it's conspiracies that went on in the uh in these old texts and the old testament and these these ne'er-do-well kind of figures and these bigfoot figures these demonic entities and it's all leading no matter where you're at man if you're if you're into bigfoot if you're into you know witchcraft or whatever if you're into conspiracy theories everything it don't matter what road you're on everything comes back everything leads once you dig down deep enough they, they said this about philosophy too like if you get into philosophy it'll lead you away from god but if you get down to the base of philosophy you'll find god everything leads to jesus you know every everything well, Bo, thanks, man, for coming, hanging out with me and nerding out with me and educating all the people and, uh, and also just sharing all your personal stories. I really appreciate that. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Uh, again, I appreciate you bringing me on the show. Uh, I'm a big fan. I listen to every episode that comes my way from you. Uh, so it, it's an honor to be on the show. No, same, man. Uh, I, I love your work, and uh, us country boys got to stick together. <laughs> Appalachia boys. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, Bo, let everybody know uh, where they can find you and your podcast, your content, and uh, any kind of things you want to let the listeners know about. Absolutely. Um, I'm on all the social media platforms on, under the Bump Podcast. That's just T H E B U M P Podcast. Uh, I'm on all, should be on on any uh, podcast platform that you listen to. It's on YouTube. It's all under the same name, the bump podcast and the logo. I think I got all the logos transferred. They should all match up. Now it should be uh, like a purple Bigfoot is basically what it looks like. Some kind of a like neon late eighties, early nineties kind of image. Um, but yeah, you can, you can catch me anywhere. I put out a show every week. If you have an experience that you would like to share with the unexplained monsters or paranormal, even if it doesn't line up with a Christian theme or if it does, it doesn't matter. Um, I'd love to have you on the show. Just holler at me. Uh, you can get a hold of me at the bump podcast at gmail.com or you can call the bump phone at three zero four eight one two zero five five three. Once again, thanks. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to some uh, more conversations in the future for sure. 
But before I let you guys go, I got something I wanted to add to the back end of this. We did have some technical issues on this episode. But if you remember, Bo said that uh, he was going to make a note that he had a reference to a movie with Lilith that he wanted to speak on later. Well, later never came because we got cut off and we just, long story short, we had a a lot of issues. So afterwards, he remembered his note and sent me this audio file that he wanted me to add into the episode. So I just add this in at the end. So we'll close this show out with a word from Bo and a pretty cool correlation that he found in a popular movie. All right, see you guys. Before we uh, before we got cut off early in the conversation, I said that I had watched a, a new movie lately, and I saw a little of the character in that movie that I haven't heard anybody else mention. And I I don't. It was pretty subtle, but to me, it stood out after the fact. Um, in that new movie that's on Netflix that everybody's talking about, Leave the World Behind, right? The Obamas directed this movie or produced it or both or whatever. Um, there's a young lady, mid-20s, on the show, on that movie. And once it's once the movie was over, you know, just driving down the road, it hit me. She was the Lilith archetype in that movie. Um, she was the uh, seductress. She was the one that was stirring chaos. She was by the water. She uh, was even targeting the children of Julia Roberts. Um, very interesting. Very interesting how interwoven she is into our modern culture but this is something that stood out to me and i wanted to bring it up to you and see what your takes are on it all right god bless once again that was bo kennedy be sure and uh, check out his podcast the bump podcast at thebumppodcast.com find him on all social media platforms anywhere you consume content podcasts youtube you can find him there at all those venues uh really great content really great brother and a strong believer in christ I, i strongly strongly recommend you check him out if you've not done so already but uh Man, what a good episode. I love just sitting down and talking with Bo. Very insightful guy and just a very humble and gracious guy. But if you guys enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to to share this on your uh, social media platforms. Expose your friends and family to this content. Help us to grow our platforms. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, also, five-star ratings on wherever you consume your content is greatly, greatly appreciated. It helps the algorithm. And also, if you are not a member of the All Access Pass Holders Group, head on over to PrometheusLensPodcast.com. Sign up. It's quick. It's easy. $0.33 cents a day gets you All Access Pass to all the content there's uh, exclusive members only content you get 48 hour early access to all content documentaries the private uh, community we also have monthly members chats and Q&A's with authors and really great speakers so come be a part of the hero's journey till next time torches high